And we're going to look at Psalms 23 today, beginning in verse 1. I want you to hear the psalmist David. I want you to hear it. See, how many of you know this psalm? How many of you know this psalm? I want you to think about it for a moment. Think about what he's actually saying. Think about that he is saying it. All right? Think about he is thinking this way. He is talking this way. He is worshiping God this way. He's praying this way. And I want you to think about these words. Ready? Let's read it. Let's go ahead and put it up there. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, why would you think you would say anything like that in the first place? How many of you have you been into want before? Anybody want anything? Come on, think about that. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He probably has some want in his life. Are you hearing me right now? See, we're going to have to think the way that God teaches his body to think. It's called the renewing of the mind. And I want you to see this right now. Listen to the psalmist. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures he re- he, and leads me beside still, still waters. Verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Do you see that? Yeah, though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Listen at that. You see, there's oftentimes we find our place in a place of hopelessness, in a place of battle, in a place in which things around us seem like a shadow of death. Anybody ever got a bad report that cast a shadow of death upon you? Anybody ever been in a, a conversation, a bad situation, something that you confronted? It just seems like the, it's casting a shadow of death. You can sit down to have a cuppa with somebody. Huh? You thought you was going to have a little catch-up, a little talk between. You thought it was going to be one way, and then a shadow of death shows up. Huh? Are you with me? Uh, the point is, you have to hear how the psalmist was talking. He said, the Lord, he started it out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Isn't that powerful? He says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Look at verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Verse 6. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that powerful? He's not dismissing that he's walking in the valley of the shadow of death, but he's not letting the shadow of death overcome him by what he is saying out of his mouth. Hear what he's saying out of his mouth? Do you see the victory that's coming up out of him to defeat the shadow that's trying to overcome him? See, there's a lot of times we get into a position in our life. We want God to change something, but here's the thing. We're going to have to respond as God teaches us to respond as a believer to begin to see the change that we want take place happen in our life. You know how that works? You're going to have to begin to make a sound before you begin to see a change. He's making a sound. Surely and goodness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Isn't that powerful? You know, he started that whole thing out. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He didn't dismiss all of the issues, the things that was going on that was around him. He felt as if the valley that he was in in the moment was casting such a shadow upon his life. It was a shadow of death. Isn't that that something? There is a sound that will come out of you that will begin to change those circumstances. That's how it all begins. It all begins with the sound. I said earlier, a while ago when we were in praise and worship, that how did God, how did God change what he saw? What did God say about the, the world? He said it was without form, it was void. If you study that out, it says it was in darkness and it was in chaos. Chaotic and darkness. How did God begin to change that chaos and darkness? He said, let there be light. And it was. You see, the first thing that he did was he began to make a sound. You can either go, you know what, man, it is really dark. Man, it's dark. Oh, my God, it's dark. It's getting darker. It's dark. Oh, this darkness. You know, there's a lot of people that walk in that chain of circumstance and darkness that came on them all the days of their life. You want to know why? Because they're still making the sound that it made to them. They're reflecting the sound of that circumstance and that problem continuously. They talk about it. You sit down and have a cuppa, and they're talking about their problem, their circumstance, that thing. That, that's it. And you can almost trace... You can almost find it. They might have a new one today, but you can trace it back. And you're going to find out that it didn't really begin there, and it really didn't begin with that situation. It really didn't begin with that offense. No, that offense happened a long time ago when they began to make a choice to open up to sounds in their life that were not reflecting the sound of heaven and of God. The sound of faith and of hope and of joy and of peace and of unity and of right, of right choices and making right decisions and following after God. That the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. You see? We like to say God is a restorer of souls, but then the sound that we are making. What is the sound are we making? Does it sound like a restored soul? Think about it. How do you move from a place of hopelessness to hope? I'm going to begin and doing a series, and I'm starting, I guess we could call it like this, hope versus hopelessness. I want us to look just for a moment here. I want to give you a couple of scriptures. I wanted to open up with that scripture because you can hear the very sound out of Psalms that is being made. The Psalm of David Psalms 23, you can hear a difference in the sound that he is making versus the situation that he is in. I want you to look at this. Look at Proverbs 18.21. It says, Proverbs 18.21. It says, death and life, how many of you know this scripture, are in what? The power of the tongue. And they that love it, will eat the fruit thereof, will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat its fruits. Listen, here's the thing. 
You're either going to connect to the darkness and begin to love the darkness and the shadow of death that you walk in. And there's people that get addicted to being low. You can get addicted to bad situations and bad circumstances and make it into an identity of who you are and that's who I am and this is the way I am. And you just got to accept me for who I am and the way things are. But let me just say this to you today. God doesn't just accept us in things that we are doing that is outside the principles or the parameters or parameters of his will, of his word. God is no respecter of person. He loves each and every one of us, whether we're in sin or out of sin. Are you with me right now? He loves everybody. He even loves the world for God so loved the world. He loves, he loves everything he created. He loves the, the whole thing. He loves everything. He loves the world. He loves everything that's in it. And he came to redeem everything that is in it. But here's the thing. What we have done is we, many times, we, we forget who we are and what we have and what God has done for us through his blood. And the Bible says we not, should not get up from here and just kind of sit here, eat, and then rise up and play and become a forgetful hearer of the things that we have heard. But we are called to implement these things to renew our mind and begin to reflect an image and a sound of, from that which we're being exposed to. The Bible says in Corinthians, it says that we are being changed into his image, into that image. What image? The very image of the mirror of God. The mirror of God is the word of God. That's where we begin to reflect who we are, who he is, and, and, and what we should do and how we should act and what we should, should, should uh, renew ourselves in. And Are you with me? The Bible calls it a mirror. This is the mirror of who we are. When we begin to see ourselves as God sees us, when we, when we begin to see Ourself as God sees us. Let me just say it like this. One of the things you're going to find out that God started everything with the sound. He, he changed chaos. He changed uh, darkness into light. He brought order to that which was chaotic through a sound. You're going to find that a sound is always coming first. I did a series many years ago, and I'm kind of picking that up a little bit here in this topic, in this thought here, on God will send a word before you, before you go, before you get there. He will give you a proceeding word. He'll give you something in front of you. Think of it like this. How do I know this? Well, the first thing that God did, God didn't just send Jesus first. He sent a lot of prophets before him spoke of him, even Isaiah, and then he called one guy by the name of John the Baptist to be one crying in the wilderness, preparing what? The way of the Lord. The way that God has prepared for you, he'll give you a word first for you to walk in. Think about it. He'll give you a word first for you to walk in. The Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our pathway. It tells us that, it is, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he talks about a path and talks about a way and, and to go into. God will send a word before you, just like he sent John the Baptist before Jesus and prepared the way. See, God wants and is preparing a way for you out of your situation right now, and it's beginning with the sound. And the sound you begin to reflect into that area will determine the direction that your life is going to go. It's either going to go into darkness or chaos, 
And you can live in there and you can begin to love it. And you can, listen, there's, I told you before, and I'm going to be doing a relationship and you don't want to miss this. You want to bring everybody you can because it's going to help you because I have found personally and I have been for many years and I've been working on this and developing this and I have not uh, actually uh, implemented this series before until now. And that is on relationships. I have taught a little bit on marriage and family and different things periodically throughout the years. But one of the things I still struggle with is I find that it seems to be that, that most of us, and I'm inclu- putting myself included in all of that, we're still ignorant concerning relationships. What they're for, how we should operate in them, uh, what they're about, and, and what is our part to play in relationships. And what are the types of relationships that I'm in and how am I supposed to respond to that relationship? Because not every relationship is the same. My relationship with my wife is different between all the other women in this church. Amen? I respond to her differently. I respond to men differently. I respond to people differently. Uh, Why? Because we have, there's different kinds of relationships that we have. And we need to understand what they are. Many relationships uh, fail because of an expectation that we have placed upon them that they're not supposed to carry. Many people are upset because they think that, you know, uh, they go to work and they think that that place is supposed to console them and be the place that they have intimacy and talk intimate things with. No, that's the place you go get money. Are you with me? That's the place you go to work and you make a paycheck, you do your business, you do what you do. Are you with me? To supply the things for your household, you got to keep it in right order. It's not the place you go get counsel. Are you with me? It's not the place you figure out how to, how to get your marriage better with the people that's within. Are you hearing me right now? You don't share intimate things with coworkers. Oh, but you don't understand the relationship. You formed a wrong type of relationship. Oh, but they know me. No, they don't know you. You think they know you. They don't know you. Are you hearing me? There is things that we have done and we do as Christians that oftentimes we are not reflecting the right responses in which faith or the word of God has brought to us that we're supposed to respond and, and react in. You see, that's spiritual. I said, that's spiritual. See, a lot of times we think spiritual is, is I had a vision, I have a word, and that's spiritual. But you have to understand everything is spiritual. You are a spirit, you live in a body, you possess a soul. The response that you have towards God's word is very spiritual. It's probably the most spiritual thing you could ever do. Because you're, you're accepting God and his word and you are being transformed into that image. Are you hearing me right now? And so your responses will be accordingly to the level of knowledge that you have, that you've believed upon and that you've mixed into your heart and that you begin to transform into that image. Come on, you're transforming into that image. Now you can, you can take other bits and pieces of things that are out there today and you can have some similitude of understanding of what that is, but you're not never really transformed. You're, 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 you're still in the same uh, conditions that you've been in because the, your heart has to become transformed along with your mind. Remember, the Bible says uh, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says that we're being transformed by what? 
the renewing of our mind. So we're being transformed into what image? Into the image that God has designed and he desires for us to be. Isn't that awesome? Now I want you to think about that for a moment. Because this all begins with a sound. How does faith come? By what? By hearing. Is that right? By a sound. So faith then comes by hearing, by a sound. So when faith comes, it's coming by a sound. Now listen to me. Your darkness could could send something into your life. Circumstances around you could start to speak to you and build walls in your life and chains on your life because you're listening to that. You're allowing it and you're meditating on it. You're thinking about it. Are you with me right now? See, the Bible says, cast down every imagination and every thought, every high thing that exhausts itself against what? The knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? The Word of God. The Word of God coming into your heart that you have believed upon concerning Him, concerning what He's done for you, concerning who you are in Him, concerning all the, all the redemptive things that He has done for you, purchased for you, how He has made you the head and not the tail and above only and not beneath. That you're blessed coming in, you're blessed going out. Come on, are you with me right now? See, a lot of times we're trying to meditate, we're trying to put ourselves into, we're listening to the darkness that tells us that we are bound. When Jesus said, no, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Are you hearing me right now? But the problem is, is we surround ourselves many times with those same voices that agree with our bondage. And what happens is we begin to listen to that. See, everything begins with the sound. Things get stronger by the sounds you're listening to. what you're reading, what you're hearing. Ephesians says it like this. It goes as far as to tell us in Ephesians 4, 29, it says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. Isn't that something? It says, let no corrupt communication, let no corrupt talk come or proceed out of your mouth. Why? Because every time you have a proceeding corrupt communication about your marriage, about where you're going, about the things that you believe and how you're, are you with me right now? You say, well, those are little words. Well, Jesus said that we'll be judged by the uh, careless words that we speak. I want you to understand something just for a moment. I, I want to help you today because we can control what comes out of our mouth, what you believe in your heart. You can't necessarily control the opposition that's coming against you, but you can control yourself. Are you hearing me today? Is this okay? Can I pastor the church and preach and teach and help you? Or are we, are we just going to say, you know, uh, just pacify and dismiss what God is trying to create in you so you can rise above and elevate your life into a different realm, into a different place with him. This is how you do it. This is a very needed understanding in the church today. Because if you ever notice, you can tell where people are by the sound that they're making. You can tell where you're at by the sounds you're making. Think about it. The sound that's coming out of you speaks and tells and and reveals where you're at. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Why? Because it is the ventilation of your heart. 
It's the ventilation of your heart. I have had conversation with many people. I've counseled many people, particularly in marriage areas. And you're probably going to hear this in a relationship and different things because I'm going to talk about all types of relationships, not just marriage relationship. I'm going to talk about all kinds of relationships. And, and, and it's so important uh, that we get an understanding. But let me just say this. One of the things that I've heard the most out of People, when we're talking in many times, and let me just say it like this, ladies, a lot of times it's on this side of the lady. They're not being heard. That's what I've heard. I'm not being heard. I don't feel like I'm being heard. I don't feel like I've got a voice. I don't feel like I'm being heard. Are you with me? We got real quiet in here. I'm not meddling. I don't know anything. I don't know about it. I'm not looking at nothing. Are you with me? Huh? Okay. I've just been around for a while. Are you with me? In life, in this thing called love, in this thing called life, and all that. Amen. But let me just help you with something today. See, a lot of times we're thinking, well, we're not being heard. And, and, and let me just say this. What is the form of conversation that is coming out of your mouth? Are you with me? See, we have to do something. What Psalms 50, 23 says, it says this. It says, if you would teach your tongue how to speak. Did you know you're supposed to teach your tongue how to talk? Are you with me? See, a lot of times there are things that probably shouldn't even be said, but the, the heart needs a ventilation place. And this is probably, and I better be careful before I get over my, my, my series coming up. I'll leave that alone. But I'm going to help people with where, where you should vent where you shouldn't vent. You might feel like you vented in a good spot, but you could have just put some added darkness into your relationship, into your area of life, and you're headed down the wrong road. Are you with me right now? And you thought that it really wasn't much, nothing. But a lot of times relationships are developed on pain. Pain is not a place where you develop a relationship. That's not healthy. But see, this is the point. How do you begin to change your hopelessness into hope? By the words you're speaking. This is where it begins. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Why would he even be talking like that? Because he learned something. This is something as a body we must learn. We must learn how to begin to say, you know what? Yeah, I've got, man, there's some, there's some things going on. Anybody had anything going on? You know what I'm saying? Huh? When you got stuff going on, you need to begin to figure out what you're listening to. The voices speaking into your life. Because that's where you're headed. Unless you begin to change the sound in yourself and the way what's coming out of you. You begin to change the sound. Why does the Bible tell us to meditate in the word day and night that you'll find your way prosperous and have good success? You know what the word meditate is? To think upon and to meditate and, and to speak to yourself. Speak to yourself. What is that psalmist doing? The Lord is my shepherd. Who's he talking to? Himself. He didn't say the Lord is your shepherd. He said the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me. Lie down in green paths. He, he leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Are you hearing me today? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff. Oh, come on. 
But he is speaking over himself. He's telling self and he's saying, wait a minute, darkness, you have no place to light. You have no area that's going to come into my, you're not going to bind me, you're not going to chain me up. And let me just say this, persecution will arise for the word's sake. And if you're thinking that your growth and development is going to come without persecution, that, you know what persecution is? It's, it's, the, it's the suffering or the process of you breaking through into that next level because you've got more word in you and more knowledge of God in you than what you had before. See, Satan, the Bible says, when the kingdom of God is preached, that he comes immediately to steal that seed. Why? Because he don't want you to get an understanding of who you are, what God has done for you, what you can do, what you can be, and what you can have. And he wants to keep you roaming and groping in the darkness and, 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 and saying, well, this darkness is greater than the light. I've got all of this. But see, you're not talking about the light. You're not speaking into the light. You're not changing your thoughts and saying, you know what? Light's going to come. Darkness, you've got to go. Every chain has got to fall in the name of Jesus. I am blessed. Are you hearing me today? Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. And he, that's plural. Not just me. Are you hearing me? Talking to me too. But only such as it is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. That's powerful. You know, the Bible says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides the son of the very spirit and soul of a man. See, this is why it's so important to, to meditate in the word because the word of God will get directly into your spirit even when your soul is being troubled. But if you'll, let that, if you'll begin to let in yourself, if you'll begin to let that faith and, and begin to say what God says and begin to glory in God, you'll begin to see that trouble, that, that troubled soul, those troubled areas begin to change in your mind and in your life. You begin to see the, the, the light break open in the darkness. You know what the Bible says about faith? It says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things what? Not seen. See, the devil is always trying to get us to look at what we think we see. What we think we see. How do we begin to, to miss what God is doing when he's, shine, when he's shining light and all we see is darkness? You want to know why that's that way sometimes? I've, 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 man, I'm telling you, I've, I've, uh, man, I could, I could give you example upon example upon example upon example of, of, of situations, of people, of different things, and, 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 and of, of how that even though the word has come to them to bring them out of one place into another, they're still over here in this one place and that word to them actually looked like darkness to them. Jesus said it like this, and this is, this is a really wild thing. He said, and he was talking and he, and he was trying to get an understanding of being born again and he talked about people in whom that when the word has come and the light has come, they rejected that light because they loved the darkness, because they loved this area more. Isn't that something? See what I mean? We could get addicted to something even as the light comes, even as the truth comes. As Christians, I'm talking about. Why? Because somehow we've created an idol or an image, not graven in with our own hands, but in our own minds of who Jesus is and what this thing's really about. 
And, and instead of a golden calf, we've got this, this mindset that we've allowed in ourselves. instead of by the truth of the Word of God and the hearing of the Word of God, develop on the inside of us. And what we want, we want a Jesus that fits our life. That's not Jesus. Jesus says, come to me, doesn't he? He tells us to go to him. He says, he says you go to him. We come to him. You see, a lot of times we are wanting God to do something that we want him to do, but God's saying, listen, I've made and prepared a way for you. I've given you a word to walk in because faith makes a way. It makes a path for us to walk in. It, is a, it, it might be narrow, and not everybody's on it. And it might not be the most popular path in the world and around even in the body of Christ, but let me just tell you something today. If you'll get on that path of faith, you begin to get on that word, that, that light and that direction that God has for you and in your life and in your mind, you begin to renew your mind. You begin to uh, go from a place of hopelessness to a place of hope by the sound that you begin to come out of you in your prayer and your conversations. And you know what? Listen. One of the best things to do when, you, when conversations are coming against that area, listen, uh, you can't control what everybody else does, but you can't control what you do. You can't control what everybody else says, but you can't control what you say. You can't control everything that you, you hear necessarily, but you can control how long you're listening to it. Are you hearing me? I can't control everything that walks in front of my eyes, but I can control how long I'm staring at it. And where my mind goes from there. You know what I'm saying? Come on. <laughs> Amen. Same thing. I said same thing. You see, the Bible says, Proverbs 13, 3, it says, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. And, who, and he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Isn't that something? He who keeps his mouth, keeps his life, will come to life. Life begins to happen. Woo! But those who open wide their lips will come to ruin or begin to have and see destruction happening in their life. You ever notice it seems like the same people that... that has had a lot of destruction. They talk about their destruction. They say that when they, and I've, I've known people go to church for years and it seems like, man, you meet them and, and, and they've been in the house of God for a long time, but yet their life is still a life of destruction. Why is that? That's not God's intention. I said, that's not God's intention. That's not for, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Isn't that something? The psalmist brought out a, a powerful understanding. He's, and he's, he's, he's saying, surely in goodness, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Come on. Isn't that something? When he's dealing with the darkness that is trying to overcome him, he begins to rise and say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that something? Why? Because he's not letting the shadow of death overtake him. See, today, I believe God is wanting to 
begin to change your hopeless situation into a hopeful situation. I'm going to close with this scripture, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, look in verse 16. Verse 16, Romans 4, 16. One of my favorite scriptures and passages in the scripture, my personal thing. It says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. You see that? I said, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. Oh, God, where's your grace in this? He said, first, faith comes. Think about it. Faith comes first. A preceding word comes first to you that it might be by grace. To the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but also that which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Do you see that? He got a proceed. He got a word that went before him, and he believed upon that word. God gave him that word. God said, hey, you are mine. You belong to me. Satan has nothing in you. I like that. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said that one time to his disciples. His disciples all concerned about where they were going and said, man, you got some problems coming up. There's a lot of stuff happening. Jesus said, hey, Satan comes, but he has nothing in me. I like that. How about you? Because Satan might come, but he has nothing in you. You hear me? You need to get that in your heart. Get that in your mouth. Get that in your mind. Uh, the next time darkness tries to rise, when, when things start trying to rise against you for the word's sake, God says you are healed and sickness tries to come. Huh? Come on, that pain starts trying to come back and certain, certain symptoms of that thing tries to come back, but you've already, you, you've been healed. You know, I love God because let me just say this. I love doctors. I have friends that are doctors. Uh, several friends, some of my closest uh, personal friends are, are physicians or doctors in various fields. And one of the things, uh, they understand this and I understand this. Most of them are, uh, most of all of them are Christian actually. Um, but uh, one of the things is, is the medical uh, field is wonderful. In many ways, and let me just say this, sometimes you might have a report where the doctor says there's nothing we can do. Anybody have a report that says there's nothing we can do? It might be in a particular area. It might not necessarily be a disease. It just might be in something else. And, and the doctor says, there's nothing we can do. You're going to have this all the days of your life. We've done studies. We've got this. We've got that. But you know what my Bible says? The Bible says something totally different. Why? Because it's not the same way in the kingdom of God as it is in the world. Because the world is without hope, the Bible says. But in the kingdom of God, there is hope. He is the God of hope. And you have to understand, the Bible says that you, if you are sick, that you come to the house of God. The Bible says, and the prayer of faith will be made. You anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith will be made. And the Bible says, and, and healing will come. It says that a believer can lay hands on the sick. And you shall recover. You see, the world says there's no hope. God says there is hope. I'm a God of hope. I'm going to give you hope. The Bible says of Abraham, look in verse 19. He says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, nor neither did the deadness of Sarah's womb. When he was about 100 years old. I mean, look at the impossibility of that. What is the possibility of something like that? That is impossible. There's probably not a... A woman over 50 in here today would like to say, hey, I'm up for having another child right now. I just, come on, bring it on. I'm ready. 
Huh? How about a 60-year-old, 70-year-old? Yeah, that's me. Come on, I'm ready to have another child. Huh? Oh, no. But I want you to think about this. Look at Abraham. He says he didn't even consider it. He had been believing God for years. This wasn't like last night. He said, I'll give you a, I'll give you a word. And I'm gonna... No, this was years. Years. Something like 28 years or something. Are you hearing me? Almost like 30 years. You're hanging on to a word that God has, has given to him. And, he's, and the Bible says he was not weak in faith because he did not consider. Do you see that? See, that's the, that's the thing we're considering, we're thinking about, we're meditating on, we're saying to ourselves, we're in conversations about the, the shadow of death. But see, the Bible tells us to do something different. Look in verse 20. He staggered not at the promise through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He staggered not at the promise through unbelief, but was strong in faith. How do you become strong in the word that God has given to you? One is you're going to have to guard your thoughts, your mind, your heart. You're going to have to speak that word and mutter it to yourself and call those things that be not as though they were. You're not moved by what you see, what you feel in the moment. Yeah, it might be a real feeling. It might be something you actually see. But let me just tell you something. God saw chaos and darkness and he spoke and he said, let there be light. You're going to have to start saying, let there be light in my marriage. Let there be light in my family. Let there be light in my business. Let there be light in my body. I am healed and I am whole. I will not walk in sickness. Come on, are you with me right now? This is not the end of my story, but God has given me a word and a proceeding word that's gone before me. The Bible says that by his stripes, I am healed. I am whole. I'm not up here for entertainment today. I'm not up here just to try to inspire you. I'm up here to teach you so that you can walk in it. You think it's going to happen another way? There is nowhere in the Bible that says it's ordained that it will happen another way. Are you hearing me? Because God, as much as he says as many as two would agree concerning anything, it shall be done. If you'll agree with God, there's no better two that you can have amongst that. Are you with me? You can agree just like Abraham. He agreed with God. He didn't even consider. He stopped considering. He considered once. But he stopped considering. He said, no, 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 no. No, 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 this thing can happen exactly like you said, God. God, you said that there would be nothing that you wouldn't do. God, you said nothing is impossible. All things are possible. God, I'm going to eat the fruit of my lips. What is the fruit of your lips today? Is it death or life? Is it change? Is it light or darkness? You're sending that out before you. Satan knows this. Satan's got this. He understands this. What do you think deception is there for? Deception is deceive you into saying and thinking something different about yourself, about your situation, and about your future other than what God has planned for you. So today, we can start on this journey right now.